Hello and welcome to the Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where he's still trying to get the taste of a bad Hollywood Studios pickle out of his mouth, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall, who is joined on this podcast for the first time ever by the mini to Henry's Mickey, the one, the only, Lori. Welcome. Hey. Hey, Thanks for having me. Every other week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news happenings and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond before launching into things. We always like to note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company as always, though. His opinions are fully his own. So, hey there, travel buddies. How are you guys doing? All right. <laughs> still uh, still uh, cooling off from that uh, that Florida sun, huh? Yeah, it's kind of weird because, you know, it's supposed to be cool here, but I think I brought some of the heat with me. So it's been like hot in our apartment like this whole week to me or the last two weeks to me. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Fairfield uh, cool weather. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard great things about it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, it's been like two weeks almost. It's like a week and a half. But I think by the time this episode airs, it's going to be two weeks since we've returned from our trip to Disney World and Universal and, for me anyway, SeaWorld. Uh, uh, how are those post-trip blues doing for you guys? I know they've definitely been hitting me hard. Well, they've been hitting me pretty hard because I think I've been... After our trip, I've been definitely pining to go to Disneyland. <laughs> he asked on the flight back. Okay, so when are we going to Disneyland? Like we didn't even make it home yet, and he's like, "Oh, planning the next trip in his head already." Oh man, yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, man. Like I definitely was thinking, like, when is the next time we're going to be able to uh, to get out and about? Like, what? Uh, when are we going to get these kids out to these parks and? Yeah, do all that kind of, how am I going to convince Tristan that uh, we need to make a trip at some point soon? Yeah, it uh, it definitely, I, I read about a lot of people complaining about just like going through withdrawal after a Disney World trip. And so, you know, I was definitely expecting it, but uh, it definitely is hitting me harder than kind of those post-Disneyland blues. And it's got to be that, like, it's just such a longer trip, right? Like, Disneyland is kind of, you know, you're you're in it for, like, a day or two, uh, maybe a little bit longer. But, like, man, Disney Disney World and then Universal, it was like we were, we were all up inside that, man. Well, for me, I think it, like, going to Disney World just made me, like, realize, like, man, I, I really want to go to Disneyland now after going – through all that stuff so it's and then of course talking to the family afterwards to like you know they were like my especially my my sister was really eager to hear about how our trip went so of course talking to her about it just makes me like think more about going to a disney park and I don't think it's going to be a while before we go back to disney world so of course disneyland <laughs> is the closest yeah. so and it's more accessible for us just, in, you know, so I think it'd also be easier for me yeah. to convince somebody else to go with <laughs> me. Yeah, yeah. It's a much larger commitment for sure to uh, to go to Disney World from California. Yeah. Less involved too, less travel, less time taken up. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, it's that that's a vacation. Like, woof, that is like a legit 
start to stop vacation. Yeah, and I don't have to worry about like keeping uh, weight down in our suitcases. We can just take everything we want. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny because I I thought like you know my suitcase. I was so worried about it being over like fifty pounds, and I think I was nowhere even close. I think our wind up both of our suitcases wound up only being like thirty five pounds each. But everybody who picked up our suitcases were like acting like it was like super heavy or something. So I was always kind of like worried about it. <laughs> but when we were all, when we got to uh, Orlando, man, like everybody who was in line for the Magical Express had way bigger suitcases than we did, and more of them. <laughs> so I was like, oh, maybe we weren't so bad, but. Everybody again who grabbed our suitcase. Oh, this is so heavy. <laughs> They're putting on a show. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, man, it, uh, you know, we have been in this kind of Disney World bubble for so long that, uh, you know, and speaking of Disneyland and going back, there's a little bit of, uh, of, of a Disneyland kerfuffle going on, guys, that, uh, that I, I, thought would be worth kind of opening with at least because you know it's it was like such a weird thing to be like oh yeah that's right there's you know time to pay attention to disneyland again that you're right that's going to be my next trip what uh what insanity do i have to prepare for and and as it turns out there was a little bit of a surprise that came up recently with uh out of the blue and and a little bit earlier than they normally do disneyland went ahead and announced price hikes across the board for uh for single park visits and uh and you know uh, for parking update for sorry for parking fees as well they increased that and uh, and they added even like a new tier system for single visit park entry so uh you know usually that kind of stuff happens January at the earliest maybe into like March so it was a little crazy, like right now, right before the holidays, especially, I think a lot of people felt like, okay, you know, all the, all of this, all of this, uh, all of these changes that are happening at Disney parks, I think we're at least good for the year. Apparently not <laughs> because yeah, the, uh, the price hikes are here. So, uh, so yeah, like I said, you know, everything's gone up a little bit. Uh, if you're talking about single park visits, so, you know, a one to a five day visit, it's going to go up between, you know, it was like seven or 12 bucks or something like that. So nothing too crazy. Of course, that's going to be multiplied across your family members. There is a new tier six added now too. So depending on kind of what Disney projected to be a busier day, you'd have a higher tier previously. That was one through five. Now it's one through six. They have a little bit more flexibility to, to kind of hit you in the wallet with that. And then, yeah, like I mentioned, parking went from $25 to $30. So a little more expensive if you're looking to, uh, to park on site there as well. Of course, that doesn't, that still does not include the parking tram, which, uh, you know, is coming back in 2022, I believe they announced. So you're, you're paying more and still making that mile walk basically, from the uh, parking structures all the way to the park that that's kind of yeah, a bummer it's pretty brutal actually <laughs> it's like <laughs> you, you pay you're paying more and then you you get some exercise in it i, I don't know are you uh are you paying for parking or are you paying for a gym membership here 
Well, it's like I can I can imagine the uh, the walk into the park not a big deal, but leaving. Oh yeah, man that that is After the walk a of shame. Day if at there the ever park, was just one. trying to trudge back to the car. That's just soul crushing. <laughs> oh, it's like you know what? I think you could get in a, a few other thousand steps, right? Like, come on. <laughs> well, not only that, not only doing? that, because you know, like people are also like hauling out like sleeping kids too. So, you know, it's like, yeah, like you said, the 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 walk in is a lot better than the walk back. Everybody's tired, but but you know, the parents are carrying like two sleeping kids, and they just like out. They don't care. <laughs> that that is my nightmare, guys. That is my nightmare. Yeah, I hear you. Um, yeah. So to to kind of compound also some of the uh, some of the uh, little bit of uh, discomfort that's now being felt with the the parking situation. So previously, the one way if you were a magic key holder, the one way to to kind of alleviate the pressure of parking was to have that uh, $1,400 top-tier dream key that offered, you know, complimentary parking, which uh, which is great if you're going to the parks pretty regularly. The The only other tier below that uh, that had parking discount was like 50%. So, uh, so you know, it's you're still paying $15 in this case. But, yeah, so for that dream key, I think a lot of people were like, okay, well, you're going to increase the parking. Cool. I'll go ahead and upgrade or go ahead and pick up that dream key. The problem is Disney has also stopped selling <laughs> that top tier dream key. So if you're looking for uh, an annual pass or a, a magic key that has, you know, a, 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 a included parking, the best you're going to get is 50% off, which, which is a bummer. And, and, and to kind of, make this situation even more strange, I guess you could say. So this dream key, uh, there's been a lot of complaining would be probably the appropriate way of, of saying it justifiably, I would say, but there's been a lot of dream key holders that have been chirping online and, and in other various kind of parts of uh, parts of Disney fandom about how even with their $1,400 dream key, that supposedly has no blackout dates and does include parking at least, uh, that because of the reservation system and their you know limiting of capacity through that reservation system, they're not able to, to make any reservations because looking into November, there is extremely limited uh, reservations available, I think within the first maybe week or two of November. You know, once you get into Thanksgiving, forget about it. There's, there are no reservations. And looking into December, there are no reservations at all throughout that month. And a lot of people were specifically purchasing that dream key because it didn't have those blackout dates during the holidays, right? Like that is a big deal, man. You want to go to the parks and uh, and just be in that kind of atmosphere during the holidays. It's 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 an incredible place to be. But uh, but here you are stuck with, you know, a fourteen hundred dollar key that doesn't give you access to the park. So that uh, that's a painful pill to swallow, man. I, I, I honestly I'd be really pissed about that, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've I've read some stuff like uh, I think I read uh, some there was a, a person who had gotten uh, like he had a ticket and he was planning on 
upgrading, using his ticket to go towards the dream key. And, but he had to actually be at the park to do that. And, uh, before he even had the chance, they sold out. So he didn't get that uh, dream key. Yeah. And then on top of that, all these people are like frustrated. I think they're like really, they have definitely real uh, good reason to be irate that, you know, that whole idea of like no blackout dates is that you can go at any point. But Disney found a way, a loophole in a way to actually introduce blackout dates. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, I already have felt this already on my end in a similar fashion. Uh, so I already knew about this uh, type of feeling, and I figured this was going to be an issue um, because, yeah, the reservation sy- system isn't going away, but it's the reservation system which is is the problem pretty much it makes planning a trip so frustrating which is also why i was talking so early about making our plans for our next trip because it trying to navigate the reservation system has been frustrating for me so apparently i was not the only one (laughs) no yeah yeah i mean it was it uh it definitely especially on these kind of more popular periods where the holidays are approaching, you know, you're, you, everyone wants to check out uh, the lights and the Christmas tree and small world holiday and haunted mansion holiday and all that good stuff. Uh, yeah, it's uh, you have a very brief window here to check it out. And man, if you're if you're having problems getting into the park, that is frustrating, man, for sure. So, uh, you know, there's definitely this question here of how intentional is this on Disney's end, right? Like, is this like their quick fix to, you know, like overselling Dream Key and overselling just maybe Magic Keys in general? You know, they had initially said like, hey, we're not going to sell out of these keys, uh, you know, that they made some statement about like, these keys aren't going to sell out when uh, they first went up for sale. Clearly that, that didn't end up being the case for the long term or even the medium term or even even really the short term here but uh but uh but be that as it may like you know they quickly got to a point where it was like yeah for annual pass holders there were no reservations i remember it started out being like yeah during the holidays once that window came up people were just snagging them quickly but then it was like oh yeah now there's no reservations on weekends now there's no reservations on like thursdays and now there's no reservations like at all so, uh, you know, is this a question of like, did Disney oversell and now they've, they're trying to like rectify that mistake by easing it up a little bit? Um, you know, is this part of like a weed out program to really kind of communicate that like, Hey, this really, these, this magic key system as great as it is, as, as much access as it gives you to these parks, it is not the old annual pass holder system. So don't expect really don't expect that you're going to be able to just kind of like on a whim plan to go. And this is, this is especially the case for guests like the three of us, right? Where like, we're not like super close where like at a whim, if we were annual pass holders, we couldn't be like, Hey, tonight let's go to Disneyland. 
but you know, we could in the near future say like, Hey, in the next, you know, next month, like let's go to Disneyland, uh, for the holidays or like, let's, you know, in a couple weeks, let's, let's make a quick trip down to Disneyland. That all of a sudden is, is not possible where you have to book like months and months out. Right. Then all of a sudden you're kind of in just like a long-term planning kind of bucket, like what you're saying, Henry. So, you know, then it really doesn't make sense to have any kind of magic key whatsoever because chances are those reservations aren't going to be there. I'm curious, maybe Lori, what's your take on like, what's, what's, what's the deal here? Is, 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 are they communicating something to us or is this just, just a total mess up? Do you think it's, I don't know. Cause I do see that maybe they just didn't think with the pandemic and how things have been going, how much the consumer was actually willing to spend money on on vacations at this point and just didn't expect this kind of turnout for the yeah. magic keys. Um, yeah, I think it could just be something that they didn't really expect to see in this climate. And they thought maybe they would be able to go quite a few months without selling out instead of what, like right away pretty much. So I think they maybe just didn't see how much demand there was. Yeah, I mean, the climate is a good point, too, because it is, I mean, they've been very vague about kind of where they're at with capacity in general, right? Like, generally, they've said, yeah, we've we've slowly been increasing, but we're not there yet. We know that there have been staff shortages just generally, right? Like, that's kind of where the country's at right now. There's just a general staffing shortage that that also applies to Disney and all of their properties, which is why things have been so slow to kind of open up. And so, yeah, that's, that's a good point. Like maybe they, that certainly I could, I could totally see that not being something that they're anticipating. Right. And then all of a sudden people are just blasting down the doors trying to get in. It's all of us with that stimulus money trying to get to the park real quick. Oh man. Yeah. That's that stimmy magic key. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with Lori on that, but I think as far as the outcome of like after selling all these i think they expected like uh they knew that uh this was not going they were going to be funneling people in with the reservation system uh i think disney is is yeah. do, does so much analytical like data capture that i can't believe that this outcome of everything that you're seeing now in the news and whatnot, I'm pretty sure they knew this was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, especially since with Disney world opening up so much sooner than Disneyland did. And then you did have all these magic uh, people that are now magic holders that were former annual pass holders that were kind of left out in the cold and, and wondering what was going on. And, you know, <laughs> I can't help but think back to the initial conversations that we were having around Magic Key when it was first introduced, where our general feeling was like, you know, on paper, it doesn't look all that much different than what the old annual pass system looked like. Like, yes, it's a little bit more expensive. Yes, there are some kind of missing features and and benefits that maybe aren't right exactly where we would like them to be, but overall it doesn't look like a significant change. The only kind of wild card is what's that reservation system going to be like? How hard is it going to be 
to get some of these prime spots, especially if you have no blackouts. And so you could totally see like people went in thinking initially, Oh, this is pretty much the same system, right? Like, I guess we'll see, like, I haven't had any problems getting in, you know, or, or it hasn't been too challenging getting in as a single day ticket holder, which I think a lot of, I mean, a lot of former annual pass holders were doing before magic key was announced. So it kind of gave like that, that false sense of security, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Everything's going to be fine. It's going to be great. They're, they're, uh, they're totally funneling this in. I also can't help, but think about that, uh, that comment that Chapik, Bob Chapik, you know, CEO of Disney had made to shareholders basically saying like, Hey, don't worry about it. Uh, this new annual pass system is going to have a much larger focus on generating a return to the uh, the shareholders, right? And and you know that's that's kind of what we're seeing right now. In a sense, it's just like really they've put the squeeze, uh, which they can do now with this with this reservation system. This is your point, Henry. It's like yeah, they can. Uh, they can really put the squeeze when they feel like, okay, the people that come to the park the most and get the most value out of their magic keys, which of course translates to less value for Disney, like they're hitting a little harder than we would expect. Let's like tighten up the amount of reservations that are available to them so that we can increase the amount that are available for single day park visitors or even just make it a better experience for them so that they spend a little bit more. I don't know. That's, that's the feeling, but it also like, I could totally see them being caught off guard. This is, this is Delores point. I could totally see them being caught off guard by like, man, we just thought we thought we would have a lot more staff. (laughs) (laughs) We would have a lot. We would be able to handle, handle more people. Yeah. I think it's in the, one of the things that I think, you know, that is really like, kind of something that we're not also thinking of is that one they sold all those dream magic dream keys to people but those people are still like because those are generally you know the hardcore fans so they're they're definitely planning a trip so they basically are going to get them twice because those people still want to go to disney yeah so now they're going to buy the regular tickets so, so they have their yeah. magic key, but now they're going to go because they still want to go. They still like, Hey, if I go, if I buy like a regular ticket, I can still get in. So like, you know, yeah. they basically are hitting them twice. So regardless of them buying the dream key, you know, these people are still buying regular tickets and they will probably buy more uh, more regular tickets throughout the year than they would have ever done before. Of course, just even just through this holiday season, but you know, come next year, they'll probably do it again. But the question I would have is all the people who bought the dream keys this year, are they going to buy one next year after this experience? Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, uh, this kind of goes to um, Robert Niles over at the OC register had a, a pretty frank take that echoes a lot of what you're talking about, which is like, hey, you know, complaining on the internet about these issues isn't going to do anything for Disney. 
uh, especially if you're a hardcore fan and you're dumping tons of money in any way, like the only way that they're going to, the only way that they're going to change anything and hear what you're saying is if you don't re-up on your dream key or your magic key and instead take that money and go to Universal or Knots or somewhere else, right? Legoland. Uh, but to your point, Henry, it's like, man, that is like, they have Disney has every right to be intensely confident that their their biggest fans that shelled out for this dream key are you know maybe they don't re up for the dream key, but like chances are they're gonna sp- still spend the price of that dream key on single day or single park you know single visit passes right. It's in some other capacity. It's just the 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 pull is too strong, man. They've got us too hooked. Yeah, and I th- I think that's of course what their analytics analytics are telling them is that, hey, these people. I mean, that's why they're pushing the envelope so much as far as like ticket prices go. Uh, you know, Disney's doing this. Is Universal doing this? Is Knott's Berry Farm doing this? No, because they know that they can't necessarily push it like Disney can. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, and I think that 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 register article definitely put it out there is like the only way you can really like hurt Disney is to not spend that money. And unfortunately, people are going to spend that money still. And uh, the pass holders are basically the magic key holders are basically kind of like out you know they're just kind of you know it's kind of suck it up because more than likely one you're not going to get a you know they're not going to refund this more than likely your your money they're probably not going to change the system anytime soon so the reservation system is what it is at this point um so i think it's up to them to like not buy them the next year and then maybe there might become a there might be a change, but you know that would be what they'd have to do. But I don't know. Those people are. I mean, the whole like addiction thing to Disney is a real thing, and I think their their fear of missing out if they don't have that, you know, that uh, magic key, they have to always have that that annual pass. I mean, we. We've got to see what the refurbishment to Finding Nemo Submarine Voyages actually is going to be. <laughs> I can't not find that out. I can't not ride that one more time. What are we doing? Well, it, it, uh, yeah, it's a bummer, man. It definitely is. But, uh, you know, if nothing else, for sure, it is solidifying <laughs> this year at least, probably, you know, into into much of next year. That I'm, I'm still gonna, uh, I'm still gonna sit on the sidelines when it comes to this magic key system and just wait and just see kind of what happens because, uh, you know, my hope is that maybe, you know, they smooth things out a little bit, but you're probably right, they won't. But uh, at least for the time being, it it doesn't make any sense for, for that kind of purchase on my side, uh, and I'll stick to just you know, single visit passes. Yeah, I mean, thankfully, I mean, the single visit pass right now is is the way to go, at least also for the multi-day pass, like, just for the fact that, you know, that they limit you 
to like a max of three days unless you get a multi-day pass, which then you can have as many reservations as your ticket is. So, I mean, there's just this reservation system is just such a pain to deal with. And I'm pretty sure Disney doesn't care. It's making them money. (laughs) Yeah, true that, man. Well, uh, speaking of Disney making money and, and certainly us putting money towards Disney, let's go back to happier times a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. Back to this uh, this crazy Florida vacation trip that uh, that the three of us all went on. That uh, you know it 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 really was pretty wild. Just to just to recap, I mean, again, it was uh, we hit up all four Disney parks, both uh, Universal parks. You guys uh, stayed at Universal for a little bit. I uh, swung over to SeaWorld just to check that out, see what was going on there. What was your overall kind of take, guys? Like how, now that we've done it, it's been in the plans forever. Uh, now that we're on the other end of this, how you feeling? Like what's your kind of hot take now that we've had a little bit of distance from uh, from Florida? Uh, Well, just a quick hot take for me was that uh, the Disney parks were a little bit underwhelming to me, but then I was pleasantly surprised by the Universal Parks. I think for me, yeah, for me, it was, again, it was kind of the same. I was a bit, I don't know if you'd say disappointed by the Disney Parks, but definitely, like, underwhelmed. And it could just be that, oh, it's not my Disneyland that I'm used to. But there is definitely, like, a little disappointment with how the parks turn out. I'm I'm curious what uh where you guys are, are are landing on here. I definitely I had a little bit of that as well. And I think for me, it was like at least with Disneyland, it is like such a compact park. Like it is it's it's small. It's certain that's like one of the smallest Disney parks, right? Just in terms of like space. But they cram like so much into that. Whereas, you know, uh each of those Florida parks just have like, it's like a, just a wealth of space, right? So everything is very spread out. It's like, oh, I want to go ride Star Tours. Well, that's in Hollywood Studios. Oh, I want to go ride Peter Pan. That's in, that's in Magic Kingdom, uh, you know? And yeah, it's just the amount of, of experiences and rides are definitely spread out pretty, pretty wide between each four. I, I, I don't know if that's kind of where you guys were landing because of that too. Uh, kind pretty much. I mean, that's that's a kind of a I guess a a better way of putting it is that you at the Florida parks you have to work a lot harder to do what you want to do compared to at the Disney mm. park, uh, Disneyland, California parks. So uh, yeah, the size is it was a big was a, there's a lot of stuff about the size that did impact you know our experience and it there's there's a lot more to it than that but overall like the size and how the parks are spread out was is oversimplifying why it was kind of like a bit disappointing or i guess underwhelming in a way um so but there's again there's a lot more to it uh it definitely was not 
you know, what I'm used to at Disneyland. But I remember over 20 years ago when I first went to the Magic Kingdom, I had the kind of the same <laughs> feeling as I did this time. Uh, so, but, you know, not to go into it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and no, no. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have tons of time. We're going to, we're going to slowly make our way through, uh, through each one of these parks over the next few weeks. But, uh, so we'll have plenty of time to, to kind of break down the specifics where I wanted to start though, isn't even a park really. It, it It's more specifically now that we're coming out of Halloween, we, uh, we were fortunate enough to hit up both Halloween events, both at uh, Magic Kingdom for Boo Bash After Hours and then uh, for Universal Studios with Halloween Horror Night. So I figured that seemed like a pretty good place to, uh, to, to start off. So just kind of looking at Boo Bash, I mean... The, even without getting into the specifics, two very different events, right? Like almost like, almost like bipolar level differences, right? Like completely opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh yeah. There's, there's so much, so different of experience in both of those. It's just, yeah, it was definitely night and day experiences. <laughs> Wild, right? So, uh, so we started with, Boobash at the at the Magic Kingdom. And so just to contextualize what this event is before kind of really breaking it down. So again, this is an after hours event at the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the event itself officially started at 9 p.m. and it went until midnight, though if you did have a ticket for this event, they did allow you, uh, if you weren't already in the Magic Kingdom, to enter at 7 p.m., Cost is $129 all the way to $200 if you were going on Halloween night. Uh, I would have been pretty upset about that, but uh, we'll get to that. Um, uh, and then the the major kind of draws, the features that they were advertising is, you know, Halloween-themed character sightings, cavalcades, specialty food items, trick-or-treat trails, and rides with low wait times, or at least lower wait times. Uh, and so, yeah, it, it, uh, I know we talked a little bit about this and this was, this was a weird one for sure. You guys had previous experience at Oogie Boogie's a couple of years prior, right? Well, we've gone to Oogie Boogie's and we even went to Disneyland's, uh, Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party before they changed it. They moved it from the Disneyland Park to uh, California Adventure for Oogie Boogies. So we, right, so you guys are well seasoned with the uh, with the Halloween, uh, uh, you know, special events for sure. And again, the, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is what normally is in uh, Magic Kingdom. It's, it's their usual kind of celebration. However, with you know, things being a little bit, I guess, more limited. This is the, they, they decided to go the after hours route. It'll be interesting to see if this is, if this is kind of what they do in the future. Anyway, all of that being said, 
what were your guys's walkaways? Like what having again, some time to really think it all over, mull it all over. We've heard about also now how uh, Oogie Boogie Bash went at uh, Disneyland this year. Where are you guys landing on uh, Boo Bash? Well, I mean, unfortunately, I'm going to bash the Boo Bash. Bash because, my Because uh, it's way too short. Uh, it felt like a, a very, 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 very truncated uh, Halloween party. Like, you know, that three hours of the party was was not long enough because, I mean, it, like, as you pointed out, they have lower lines, but they still had lines for rides. So you couldn't ride yeah. too many rides right. or that was your night. Uh, it was like, I think once, once it started, I felt like we looked up and like, it was almost over. So it just felt so yeah. short. And I think what we only went on like three rides that whole time. So, I mean, yep. it was just too short. Um, it, they did do like a trick or treat, uh, the trick or treat trails, uh, like they, which usually are things that happen during the, like the parties, the Oogie Boogie bash and, uh, and the Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, but they were like very small. Like usually like in the Oogie Boogie bash, I think when we were on a trick or treat trail, there would usually be like, it was conservative if there was like only two, like, treat give outs in a line uh sometimes there was like three um but usually it was like three to two um it's rare that there was only one but there might be just like one line that did one but it felt like i mean we went through like i think three of the lines and i think two of them had like what one just one tree and then the and then the yeah. other one had two give outs and they didn't have the healthy alternative it was only candy i think they they did have a healthy alternative station but it was like only located in one place like you had to specifically go there yeah i did see that it was a separate trick-or-treat trail if you wanted the healthy yeah. ones versus the yeah. parties we're used to is not everyone but multiples would give you the option and if you got a good cast member, it might be, could I do both? And you get some extra treats. Um, but it wouldn't be like, you didn't have to go out of your way to get the healthy ones. Like they had a lot of the trails would have a healthy option within one, at least one of the stations in the trail. So it was a lot easier to get the healthier options if you didn't just want to stick to candy. Cause it can be a lot of candy. We've had what bags of candy coming out of the, the Disneyland Halloween parties. Yeah, definitely not the case for uh Boo Bash. I, I I did not even come close to filling my bag. Yeah, and they they didn't have as many trick or treat oh, no. trails for sure. There was there was very few there. Yeah. Um and then it didn't feel like uh the entertainment didn't seem like it was as good either. Like uh or I, I felt like you know, trying to find stuff that was for the, for the boobash was hard. 
Like, you know, we were looking for yeah. like, you know, they gave out the free treats. Like we did find the, the, uh, free ice cream and free drinks, but trying to find the free popcorn, we couldn't find the free popcorn. <laughs> yeah. that Good point. I actually didn't even mention the complimentary stuff because that's it. That's how little it meant to me, but yeah, it, right. Exactly. They had free kind of like uh limited beverages and ice cream bars and somewhere there was popcorn. We saw people with popcorn, but we couldn't find it. Yeah. Allegedly there was popcorn. We saw it. We just, and we were actively looking for it after what we'd finished up the <laughs> trick or treat trails and yeah. did our three and it's like, okay, well let's take advantage of get the free goodies, the sodas and the ice creams and the popcorn. And we never did find that popcorn the rest of the night for what another like two hours that we looked. Yeah. Could not find it. But uh, yeah, I think I definitely prefer like the old style, the Oogie Boogie Bash or the Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party. And it just boggles my mind that Boo Bash can be as costly, if not, if technically more than an Oogie Boogie Bash ticket. Like it's just. You know, like, how are they, like, really, like, justifying this cost to people? Like, you know, when we bought it, it was because we needed to experience it for our trip. We were going to go. It, You know, but, like, man, that was just, it, it felt like such a, like, we got so robbed <laughs> for that. Yeah. Uh, agreed. Yeah. I mean, I definitely don't regret regret it but yeah it definitely it uh yeah it was it was it felt pretty light for sure i i wonder if my my kind of thought coming out of it and and just kind of over the last week and a half is like i i almost feel like we had either scheduled to just be in magic kingdom for a ridiculously long day like that day and then just continued into the night for for boobash or that we had waited to do boobash until after we had already experienced and gone through magic kingdom because i uh i feel like and and to your point like you know things are spread out and it just took time to get and to 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 get from one place to the other and i feel like man if we had a really good sense of space in that area and it wasn't taking us a little while to kind of maneuver around and and figure it out like that might help also just like you know you know yeah we did do three rides one of course like haunted mansion you got to do that regardless we would have done that anyway but like let's say we had done oh actually we did four rides that's right i'm forgetting because we also did we ended the night with uh snow white uh mine car mine train uh and then we also did buzz and then we also did uh space oh, mountain yeah. right so, okay, yeah, there was that fourth. Uh, so it wasn't counting buzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, we'll, we'll get into that. I'm sure you have thoughts, Henry. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it's, I feel like if we had already ridden a lot of those, it, we maybe could have felt a little bit better about skipping. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It was, it was weird. Like it definitely, my feeling in general was, yeah, three hours really really is not enough time and it felt almost like it was not possible to do even close to everything that we wanted to do it was very much like 
it almost felt like it was like pick a track that you want to go down and then commit to that. And that's kind of what you should do if you really want to get the most out of things. Right. Because it was like, you're right. Like I, I didn't feel like we got a lot of stuff from the trick or treat trails. And, uh, and you know, it was really like we were moving throughout that entire night, like constantly. Um, and so if we had focused on just like trick or treat trails, yeah, we could have gotten a ton of candy, but that's all we would have done. Uh, you know, if we would have really focused on like checking out those, like, uh, then a couple of like specialty beverages, we didn't even, didn't even come close to being on our radar because we were just constantly moving. Right. Uh, if we wanted to do like character stuff, like, okay, that's what we needed to focus on and then just really hammer down on that. The cavalcades, like, yeah, we didn't see any of those except towards the end of the night when we were just kind of hanging out on Main Street on our way out, really. So, uh, um, so yeah, it was like, it, there's no way you could have come close to experiencing even a fraction of, of everything that they were offering. And not because there was a lot on offer. It was just because there was like very little time, dude. If, uh, you know, Space Mountain was like a half hour wait, it's like, dude, there's there's a huge chunk of your time, uh, you know, just because of the length of the ride and because it's, you know, a very popular attraction because of Halloween, Haunted Mansion, huge chunk of our time. I think between the two of those, that was probably a third of our time just dedicated to waiting in lines and, and being on rides. Yeah, right? and I think, too, like... Um things were like kind of spread out more because I think even if you go to like uh, the Oogie Boogie Bash, I mean, we didn't spend a lot of time in the trick-or-treat trail lines. I mean, they moved really fast, but they are very spread out from each other and you don't get a lot from each one. So, I mean, we did get, you know, we got a significant amount of candy from them, but like we definitely got a lot less than what we would get if we went to like the Oogie Boogie Bash. Like at Oogie Boogie Bash, I usually like, because they give you that itty bitty bag, I usually take that bag, I empty it in my, uh, my, my pack. And then I have like a fresh bag and I think I empty it at least, at least two or three times, two, I think three times. Yeah. So, and, and we're filling up that bag each time. So, you know, we get a lot more candy and, and treats from the Oogie Boogie Bash and you don't have to work that hard for it. They definitely made us work a lot harder. And again, that's part of my reasoning why, you know, our trip, it felt a little bit disappointing because you definitely have to work a lot harder on a Disney World trip than you do for a Disneyland trip. Yeah, because usually with the Halloween events, Mm. Henry's very much a completionist. So we hit every single trick-or-treat trail that they have. (laughs) Um, And we're still able to do everything else that we want to do. So we're still able to catch, you know, the the fireworks show at the end of the night. We're able to set aside a little bit of time to check out the Dapper Dans, rolling down the rivers of America, we're able to ride all the rides that we needed to do. Um, we don't feel like we missed out on anything. But I definitely feel like if we tried to hit every trick-or-treat trail at the Boo Bash, there's there's no way we would have been able to even ride all the rides that we wanted to do. Right. That's what we would have been doing is trick-or-treating. <laughs> yeah. 
$120, hundred, you know, whatever we paid for, $150, like trick-or-treating. Yeah. For three hours. I guess, I mean, to, uh, to our credit, I think we did a little bit of everything, which, you know, yeah, I think a lot of people probably committed to one thing, but we did a little bit of everything. So we got a good sample of what it had to, yeah. to offer. But again, I think, uh, Oogie Boogie Bash and probably even the, uh, even Florida's Mickey's not so scary Halloween party probably are much, much better offering than what, uh, the boo bash had. I, I definitely do miss the entertainment that comes with like Oogie Boogie bash. Cause I do like hearing the like cadaver dance, like, you know, playing their, you know, singing their like usually like the nightmare before Christmas songs or whatever during that time. So, or the uh, haunted house, you know, songs. So they, you know, I do like hearing that stuff, but you know, they just didn't have that inner it either. If they had that entertainment, it was too hard to find. And I definitely wanted that drink, but, we didn't have time to go looking for that drink. And again, it wasn't no. very easy to find. <laughs> it was one spot. And they yeah. only had like, I think for the for the boo bash, it was only like three treats or something that were special specific to the boo bash. It wasn't that much. Well, and to your point, Caverdans were at, at Boo Bash, but could have fooled us. Yeah. We didn't see him. <laughs> don't know where they were yeah just finding stuff is just such was just so maddening i could smell the popcorn i couldn't find it <laughs> yeah they had uh, they were pumping in that scent no matter what but <laughs> had to go find it they, they really wanted you to burn time finding that popcorn yeah it'll be interesting to see kind of how uh how they operate going forward you know is is uh, after hours boobash going to be their thing? I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that it will, especially after Oogie Boogie went off at California Adventure this year. And yeah, it was like categorically better, just like completely in every single aspect. Sounds like it was a much better event, much more kind of like value for your money. So, uh, you know, I, and even before that had happened, I, you know, I, there was a lot of chatter of, of, of unhappy people with Boo Bash, especially that were used to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween event. So uh, one would hope that that comes back next year. And this is just a, uh, this is just a, you know, I don't know, a blip. A one-off. A one-off. Yeah, exactly. We can, we can say we were there for the one and only Boo Bash. <laughs> oh, once thus far. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, so, so to go in a completely different direction then on the, on the, again, the other side of, uh, the other side of the spectrum, the other side of the Halloween, uh, uh, you know, appropriate meter, we had Halloween Horror Nights over at Universal Studios Orlando. This was, this was kind of towards the end of our trip and we did spend the entire day at those parks and then went into the evening. So it was a very long, very long day for us. But uh, but again, just to quickly contextualize what Halloween Horror Nights is. Um, so this is also an after hours event, but it starts at 6 p.m. and goes until 2 a.m. So a very late event. Cost was anywhere from 65 to 105. And that was only if you were paying at the gate. Would it be that most expensive? Uh, and it featured 10 haunted houses, five scare zones, 
small handful of rides that were open. Really, the focus was on those haunted houses and scare zones uh, and then specialty drinks and food items. Um, and yeah, that was pretty much that was pretty much what that event is uh, much more focused on adult kind of entertainment than, you know, trick or treating or, or the fun side of Halloween. Um, and really, I mean, our focus was on haunted houses and, and yeah, checking out those scare zones. But what, uh, I know that, I know that going into this, Lori, we had talked about that this was maybe a little bit, uh, you were having a little bit of anxiety and admittedly I was too, like these are these, you know, were talked about as these big intense houses, what was your kind of takeaway? I know that you're a big horror fan too. What was your what was your takeaway of just the event in general? It's I really enjoyed it. Like it's, even though I know Henry talked about I was anxious about going through haunted houses because as much as I enjoy like horror and watching horror movies and having that scare, I don't want to be maybe that close to the scare. I like having that screen in yeah. front of me that's going to protect me. So being up close with people are going to jump out it was a little intense but i yeah. i enjoyed it it's like i did like going through the houses what how many do we hit we had about five so we had like half of the houses i think so yeah yeah i think as we hit half of them i don't think we missed out on any of the houses that i really wanted to see i think we hit all the ones that we were really interested in first um i enjoyed it I like seeing, you know, the, what do they call Like the actors, the like crew members dressed up on like crazy costumes and the scare zones and everything. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. It was good times, man. What, what, uh, what about you, Henry? What was your favorite? What was your, what was your highlight? Of well, Halloween for one thing, first off, let's just say that Lori didn't say why she enjoyed the haunt, the, the, the houses, <laughs> Like she did. I mean, <laughs> let's just put it, put that, put it out there. She liked him better because I went first each time. So everything was in my face before it got to her. So she could see more of the scares coming. Um, that being said, it is, it's a weird thing for me because I'm not a, a, a fan of horror. I did appreciate um, the uh, the uh, I guess the attention to detail in the houses that they did, like especially like um, the uh, the Beetlejuice house and and what they did for how how they had the Beetlejuices and everything in there. It was really well done, and even what the uh, the um, uh, was it the uh, the first house we went into? Um, Haunting of Hill, Hill House. House. That that was really good too. Those were very very classy. Yeah. Um, as far as the event after that, it like they definitely it was just a huge huge event, huge event, a ton of people. It was yeah. ordered drunken chaos at the end. <laughs> there's so many like drunk people walking around and all the like actors in their like costumes going around it was loud they were definitely in your face in a lot of those places that being said thankfully none of them actually scared me 
So there were no incidents there. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, most of the scares I could see or figure out that were coming and nobody, only one incident where somebody tried, one of the actors kind of got in my face and I was just kind of like, Oh, COVID, you know, but, but, uh, <laughs> yes. yeah, really? Yeah. Real uh, you're getting a little too close, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, but man, they, they put on an event. It was so like night and day difference yeah. between it. Like that was just like, I mean, if, if you want a party, that's a party. Definitely not something I would suggest yeah. taking little children too and they definitely and there were <laughs> there definitely were a, few. a few we saw there i was always kind of like wow you're really taking your kid to this i mean yeah. i even questioned having like uh young teens there uh maybe just because yeah, they're yeah. screaming like bloody murder behind us while we were going through the houses uh, at everything <laughs> that was really annoying everything yeah. um but it was it was definitely definitely an event. I think it was some of the stuff was a little lost on me and probably us in general, just because since it was the thirtieth anniversary, they had some like characters there that are like, hey, these are characters who are beloved and have been through all these uh, like Halloween horror nights, and because this was our first one, we were not familiar with them. Uh, so, I mean, that mm. was kind of lost on us. Um, I did like, uh, really felt like the actors were definitely into it, but, uh, I did, I did like seeing yeah. the actors who took time to kind of like, Hey, to the little kids, you know, trying to, you know, settle them in yeah. so that they weren't scared and whatnot, you know, so it, it it felt like the actors really cared about scaring you or not scaring people on purpose. So it was it was definitely a a much better event than the boot bash. Definitely worth the price of that ticket. It literally felt like a special event, right? Like you were like, oh wow, this is not this is not something that uh, you're gonna see every day like this legitimate oh man felt it special. felt like a just a huge event just big 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 time like yeah. it wasn't like uh i guess the boo bash felt like it was a a money grab to me because you weren't getting much for your money and it was kind of like here's some stuff for you whereas the the halloween horror nights felt like this is an event this is it you know this is like this is big time. We are celebrating horror, you know? So man, yeah, it was buckle like, up. You know, yeah. They, you know, I felt like I, I think my going into it, I thought the, the, the houses were going to be chintzy, but they weren't, they were legit. Uh, the only no. problem I probably had with yeah. them is that you're moving too close to people in front of you to like really it felt yes. like you're constantly moving so you don't really have a lot of time to like take in maybe the houses like you would probably like um so yeah that was kind of a, it was like some of the scares were like you know like the timing was off because of that right like you'd see or you'd hear something 
And then you'd see, by the time you got up there, you'd see the scare actor like ducking away, right? And you were like, well, all right. Yeah. Or even if like, even if they weren't, it was just like, you're just too close to them that even if, because sometimes the actors would hold off and not scare them and wait for me to come. But I can still see like, because you can still (laughs) see the people in front of you, it kind of breaks your immersion in the world of the house that you're in. So, I mean, that's kind of one of those things that you're kind of like, they put so much effort into making these houses look like the houses, like the places that they're supposed to be representing, but seeing other people walking in front of you or that drunk person in front of you who just lost their way uh, and can't find their way out (laughs) through the house uh, kind of breaks your immersion in it. And especially if you're trying to point the drunk person in the right direction uh, and they try to talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They cut line. Yeah. Yeah. Henry, Henry made a new friend. Uh, We had, we had drunk person in front of us and screaming behind us. We were sandwiched. It was an experience. Yeah. It was an experience. Yeah. It, uh, you know, you were talking about just how loud the event was. That cannot be overstated. Like it was legitimately so loud. And, uh, you know, you can tell that it's like part of the, part of, uh, uh, part of the plan there where it's just like, you just really feel like assaulted (laughs) with just audio. And this is like, when you're certainly in the houses, like the houses were so loud and there were so many just noises coming from everywhere and people like banging on things and people screaming and just like, you know, dialogue being spoken and sound effects. Like there was so much going on that it was almost a little hard to like really get a good sense of like what was happening in any kind of scene. Um, But again, like it, it certainly added to it because it was just like you were just, at least for me, I was very discombobulated, at least from a, from an audio kind of standpoint. And then you'd leave the house and you'd go back out, especially in the, in the kind of like main kind of corridor areas. And it was just like blaring, like metal kind of rock music. Right. And, and then, uh, you know, you're going through scare zones and there are people like just ripping at chainsaws, and <laughs> just chainsaw noises, just like you know, just ripping through the air. And, uh, so it was just a, a constant, just high level of, uh, of noise. So that was, I, that was definitely <laughs> the biggest kind of takeaway that I had, but, uh, but yeah, it was, it, you know, if anything too, those houses were so detailed, man. I, uh, I wish I, either was moving a little bit slower or like there were times where I was like, I, I want to go back and do that again, just because I know there were just tons of details that, that uh, I missed. And, you know, that's just the the nature of the event. It's unless you're having like a, you know, a, a express pass or a VIP tour or something like that. It's just not, you're not going to be able to double back because I think by the time, I think what really stopped us right from going to more houses was that, by the time we'd hit that fifth house, the lines were just so long. crazy, right? It was like an hour for anything. Yeah, it, it seemed like all the people had, had drank enough alcohol and decided <laughs> to like finally get in line and and 
that and also I think as you pointed out, I think is a lot of people waited until like night to actually enter the park. Um, Cause I think we yeah. noticed that the next day as when we went to the, the park and we didn't go to the Halloween Horror Nights, I think I constantly was seeing like a trickle of people actually find just entering the park even like later at night they were constantly just trickling in so a lot of people waited to later in the night to finally get there and we started at six so we were like there early on when they when the lines were pretty (laughs) minimal uh which was probably which was good it was great we got those those first two like knocked out right away uh but um but yeah, those lines were getting. Yeah, but since we were there during the day, though, you do kind of miss out on like the ambiance that comes from a horror night. Like it's not scary because it's you know in the blaring sun with the Florida heat. That's definitely yeah. true. Yeah that uh, that initial line, especially for uh, that initial line for hunting uh, of Hill House, where yeah you were partially out in the sun was like oh okay all right. I'm I'm over this. Yeah, but then again, yeah, what is the ambiance that you come out of the house and is like just assaults on your senses of music and funk and whatever like you know while you're going I don't know if I was like that was yeah. like oh that was the experience I was looking for. Um I think they they could have yeah, toned yeah. down the 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 I don't know if metal says like horror to me, you know. I was kind of surprised that it was like metal. Uh, I would think they would be doing more like kind of like, you know, the more like stuff like that. Not, it was like metal. And like, I kept expecting in some case may have kind of close to getting it like pole dancers and stuff sometimes. Uh, Although there was that one area that, that skirted that line <laughs> right at the entrance. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, it's like, it, it's exactly like what you were saying about like some, in some of those houses, like I feel like if you were to, if you were to kind of, uh, you know, draft a theme for the entire event that everything kind of fell under, it really was like in your face entertainment, like every aspect of that was just like in your face, right? Like that was, and that includes that music. It was just, there was nothing subtle or suspenseful about it. And and that's what, kind of what I would say about that entire event. Like it was not a subtle event at all. It was just in your face from like the second that you hit the ground running. Uh, You know, maybe you could duck away to like, Diagon Alley or something like that. And it was crowded, especially later at night, but it wasn't like in your face, but there were very few other areas. uh, It seemed like where you could really kind of escape. (laughs) I was kind of surprised that people even took time to get like food. I understood like alcohol because you could take that and pretty much walk around. But like it felt like even for us to like get that time to get like food during that event, you just felt like you needed to be going through scare zones and houses or something. And we didn't even go on any rides actually through that whole time. So, you know, they they did a they did a good enough job to make it compelling enough that you were 
supposed to go through this stuff, you know? So, yeah, I mean, they did a good job. Well, it's like, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was fantastic. It really was. I mean, it, uh, you know, just kind of pulling back and looking at the entire trip. Like, I think, man, if we had like a couple more days to play with, I would have just, I feel like at least for, for my sake, I'm sure you guys, Oh, I feel this way to a certain extent too. It's like, if we could have, if I could have budgeted in, uh, kind of like a gap day between Disney and universal where it's just like, okay, we recoup then maybe like, you know, we really could have, uh, gone, you know, even more in depth on Halloween Horror Nights because certainly kind of midway through the night, I know I was dragging hard, dragging so hard I, for whatever reason. Like, uh, I remember I was trying to purchase water and there was like such a long line and it wasn't moving. And then I was like, went up to a stand and asked and the lady was like, oh yeah, you got to go inside. And I was just pissed like that. Just, I was, it just was like, okay, I'm not having fun now. I just want some water. Like, what are we doing? Come on. And uh, I think that extra, like, just kind of R&R day would have uh, would have really set me straight a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I think that was, like, I think one of the first things I said when we got back was, like, we should have had just one day where we didn't do anything uh, budgeted into it. So. Yeah. In the middle of the week. <laughs> Thinking of just, like, the full-on Disney World vacation. Um, people that are much more kind of familiar with the comings and goings of the park and had a better plan for a resort like that, that have a lot of experience with Disney world. Certainly we don't. Um, I, I, from what I've seen, I think they do a lot better of, of planning with that, where it's just like, you know, it's just part of your overall trip is that you space out your park days a little bit. Uh, I, have a, I have a former coworker that is there right now. And it was just like, you know, he went like, you know, he hit up like Epcot one day and then had just kind of like a resort day with the family where like, yeah, they like, you know, went into Disney Springs for a little bit, but then they ordered like, you know, pizza from some Chicago, like pizza place in the, in the area that, you know, was a chain uh, but that you can't get in the West coast. And so it was just like, they just made a, they made it a thing, right? Like they spread it out throughout the week so that it wasn't ever like too, too much back to back to back to back kind of fatigue hitting. Yeah. I think uh part of that is just like, you know, our inexperience of going over to that park, but also I think it's, you know, being cheaper, not having, trying to cut down on our costs, <laughs> Uh, per se, so that yeah, that extra day would have actually cost us, you know, whatever how much for that room. Totally. But then it might have also been good because it started to rain on our last day there, so we might have hit rain on one of those days. So I don't know. I think if we if we were to do it again, I probably maybe try and figure out a way that. We have a day off, but uh, I, I don't think we would have to go as hard if we went on a uh, visit it again, since there's less stuff that we would have to necessarily like have to see. And we would have a better idea of what we yes. would want to do, too, as well. Yep. More informed, which yes. I'm all about. 
Well, dang, that was fun. That was a that was a fun little trip down uh, down memory lane of our of our Halloween events here. We have obviously so much more to cover. We've got all four Disney parks. We've got the Universal parks. Might dabble a little bit into uh, you know SeaWorld and and what's going on over there. Uh, but yeah, we've got a lot more to to cover that we're gonna kind of tackle through the the uh, the remaining shows that we have left in the year and and man i'm i'm just kind of like it's like i said it was fun just kind of re uh re kind of visiting all of this because it, so much was crammed into this trip it's very easy for me to just overlook it when i when i kind of flash back to it so this is uh this has been good times man oh yeah i think as soon as we got back i started really thinking of the parks our trip kind of where we kind of went wrong and what we could have done better, I guess, is more ap- apropos, I guess, is what we could have done better for a trip. But uh, definitely thinking about it, you know, talking about it now. I'm glad I wasn't the only person to think these things and and think this about our trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it, uh, yeah, like I said, it was, we covered a lot of ground in uh, in a short amount of time, so. It's good. It was good. I, like I said, I, I, uh, yeah, could have done a few things differently, but man, I don't regret it for a second. It was a good time. Oh yeah. I mean, when I say yeah. that our trip was, was the Disney parks felt disappointing. I probably, it, it doesn't mean I didn't have fun and definitely is not, I wouldn't do it again. I just think that because of the marketing and everything out there, it did build up a lot of expectations for, for the Disney parks. So. It's true. And I was there, Henry. I knew for a fact that you had yes, fun. I did have fun. <laughs> we have the uh, alien swirling saucers footage. to, uh, to prove <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, Like I said, lots more to come. And, uh, but that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch the great park hop each and every other week on Apple podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you made it this far, you're hopefully enjoying the podcast. So don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and hit that like button. This has been episode 61 of The Great Park Hop. We'll catch you in two weeks. Until then, stay healthy, everybody. Henry, Lori, you take care. You too, man. Bye. Bye. <laughs>